is it okay to replace my tithe with my time? You know the scenario, the, uh, the, the money gets a little bit tight, but you attend worship regularly, you read your Bible, you do your very best to follow Jesus. You even give regularly to the church, but that money's been tight and particularly now circumstances are so up in the air and unpredictable. Or maybe you've been in a difficult cash flow situation and you start wondering, is it okay? Instead of doing that 10% of my monthly income, is that really necessary? Can I give of my time instead of my tithe? It's a good question to ask. It is. But maybe, maybe there's another way to ask the question. And Dave Ramsey, who does a financial piece that Gina was talking about, uh, asks this question instead. He teaches people how to live in a debt-free way. And he questions whether one can give one's time in addition to your tithe. And the answer, of course, is yes. While giving of our time is not a substitute to giving of our financial resources, it is such an important piece of this full picture of living a generous life. It's an important piece of growing in our discipleship, of growing in our ability or our attempt to live our life more and more like Jesus. And as I've already mentioned, we're going to explore three of these components of a generous life over the next three weeks. But today we're focusing on our time. So I invite you to hear our guiding scriptures this morning through that lens of giving our time. The first passage comes from the letter to the Ephesians. And I admit it might sound a little bit weird for a stewardship scripture, but it is uh, important to understand the context. The letter to the Ephesians was uh, written in an attempt to help bolster up and strengthen these young Christians. The letter was worried about trying to keep the church focused on the truth and not let false teachers uh, pull, pull new Christians off of that path of following Jesus. Because we all know fragile Christians can easily be deceived by ju- uh, through justifying non-Christian behavior. So with that in mind, hear what this letter has to say to us about how we use our time. From Ephesians 5, verses 6 through 21, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version this morning. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not become partners with them, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible for anything that becomes visible is light. 
Therefore it says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. And this is, these two verses are key here. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the devil, the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, the second passage that we add to that hearing comes from Philippians. And in this, uh, these two verses, the very last verse is actually our theme verse for this series on living a generous life. And this last verse in particular, we hear Paul's hope for the Philippians as it is also our hope for you today. So Philippians 4, verses 15 through 17, and I am reading from the message translation. You Philippians well know, and you can be sure, I'll never forget it, that when I first left Macedonia province, venturing out with the message, not one church helped out in the give and take of this work, except you. You were the only one. Even while I was in Thessalonica, you helped out and not only once, but twice. And then here it is now, not that I'm looking for handouts, but I do want you to experience the blessing that issues from generosity. So I wonder, have you experienced the COVID time warp I honestly cannot keep track of time anymore. Something that happened in the past, I have to really think, was that yesterday or was that last week? This week, Halloween is coming up. It feels like maybe a month ago was July 4th. These, and yet at the same time, the last eight months seem like they have lasted forever. I call it the COVID time warp. Time for us is such a precious commodity. We have to work so hard to figure out when these 24 hours in a given day that we have, how in the world do we get it all done? We balance between sleep and work and play. And we have to balance between God and family and self. We just feel pulled in so many directions. So let's listen to how the average American spends their day, or maybe used to spend their day. Um, This survey was done in December of 2019, so just a couple of months before COVID hit by the Department of Labor. And so think about how this may be altered or a little bit different, but it's really interesting to hear. So the average American uh, spends 8.5 hours sleeping per day. I'd love to know who you are because that doesn't quite work out for me. Um, they spend 8.5 hours day a day working. 31% of us work about five and a half hours on the weekend. We spend 28 days a minute, 28 minutes a day learning something. 
In the household activities, we spend an average of 18 minutes a day cleaning house, 34 minutes a day cooking or uh, washing dishes, 14 minutes a day doing other kinds of chores like mowing or raking leaves, 45 minutes a day paying bills, doing the household finances. Leisure activities, we spend five hours and 16 minutes a day playing in one way or the other. Two hours and 48 minutes of that, uh, uh, the average American spends watching television per day. One and a half hours exercising, 50 minutes a day shopping. If you're between five, I mean, 15 and 54 years old, you spend 10 minutes a day reading. But if you're over the age of 75, that amount increases to 48 minutes a day. If you're a parent and you have a child under six years old, you spend around two hours and nine minutes caring for children. But if the child's between six and 12 years old, then men, you spend 41 minutes a day and women, you spend an hour and 18 minutes a day. We all spend about 51 minutes a day grooming and about 18 minutes a day volunteering. So it's interesting to think about when we look at the rhythm of the week, how that might actually break up in a day-to-day average. And of course, you know this, as we can see, there are a lot of ways to spend our time. And some of them are choices that we we have power and control over. And some of them are daily necessities that have to get done. But there are a lot of things that demand our attention and occupy those precious 24 hours that we are, are given. The question we want to focus on is, as Christians... How are we choosing to use our time? As stewards of this very precious commodity, are we being faithful to finding balance between God, family, and self-care? Between working and playing and resting? Being faithful to celebrate this amazing gift of life, but it can be exhausting trying to juggle it all. But here's the thing. Striking that balance and making the best use of our time for God, it actually fills our emotional and spiritual accounts or cups or however you want to measure it instead of draining it. It's true that when we approach living our life from a faithful perspective, it is life-giving, not life-draining. Have you ever longed for deeper meaning in your own life and thought, there has just got to be something more. There has to be something more than this grind that I find myself in. Or you think you've done everything you can to feel content and there's still this emptiness inside of you that, that you just can't seem to fill. And then you begin to think about all the vapid ways in which we can escape from reality for a little while that then gradually becomes for a long while. In 2013, Netflix inadvertently created for us the new phenomenon of binge watching. They uh, released a, uh, all the whole season of a brand new series called House of Cards. And to everyone's surprise, when all 13 episodes dropped, how many people spent that whole weekend watching every single episode back to back to back? 
Grant McCracken is an anthropologist. Granted, Netflix hired him to do some research on this. But um, he reported that TV viewers are no longer zoning out as a way to forget about their day. They're actually tuning in on their own schedule, on their own time, but they're tuning in to a completely different world and getting absorbed by a completely different world, a new, new way of escapism. Tuning in and getting immersed in this different world are interesting terms to use. In some ways, those are also descriptions that we could use or what God longs for in us in experiencing this full-bodied life of loving and following Jesus. To tune in to God through our worship and our prayer life. To immerse ourselves in God's kingdom through studying the scripture and through service towards others. The truth that the scriptures that I read point to is that... Uh, and also something that God constantly tries to embed within us is that we long for deeper meaning and purpose in our lives and we long to please God. But, and by giving a portion, just a portion of our time to serve God brings that deeper meaning, brings that significant and meaningful purpose. By paying attention to how much time we devote to God This increases our satisfaction in life and it brings a a deep sense of contentment like nothing else can. So this Ephesian scripture, it talks about identifying this battle between the influences in our lives. We have a lot of things that are trying to influence us. Now, admittedly, it creates this binary choice between good and evil, good, bad. And for those of us today, this feels a bit unrealistic because we live in such a gray world. Like few things are truly 100% good and few things are truly 100% bad. We've got to discern and balance and weigh all of those choices. But the important question I think it asks us to consider is, are we walking in the light in the way that we are living our lives? Or are we hanging out, parts of our lives hanging out in the darker shadows? So if we think about this through the lens of how we spend our time, is what we choose to do pleasing to God? Is what we choose to do something that would make God happy, make God's heart just soar? Or are some of our choices choices that... Uh, need to have God's light to shine upon them, to be revealed in order to, to keep us from hiding in the dark places because we're doing something we don't want others to see. We're making choices that we don't want others to know. And verse 15 invites us to look at how we live our lives and to make the best use of our time. It is a gift that we've been given So how can we make the best use of our time for good? God calls us to be good stewards, investing in those things that are worthwhile. So here's what I like about this this text, even though it's it's, it's a little bit odd, is it brings this interesting combination of both ethics and discipleship in how we use our time. 
in making good ethical choices to choose to the good and fruitful things that 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 um, we we could choose to do um, instead of those things that we want to do or what we think is going to please us and to make us happy. Taking a weekend to binge watch something and stay in our pajamas all weekend. Hey, that might be just what we need every once in a while. Every once in a while. But a daily or weekly event is a different kind of choice. Turning off the remote and picking up a book might be a good idea. And there are so many ways that we can substitute in uh, the, the Ephesians uses drinking um, as uh, one of the choices where we might need to be substituting something in. It could be eating. It could be any kind of debauchery that we might choose to participate in versus choosing to do activities that actually renew our mind, body, and spirit. So it's the ethical choices, but it's in combination with this discipleship, this forming that, that happens when, when we think about how we use our time. Choosing to carve out some of that time for daily devotion and prayer and reading scripture. Finding time to do something for others. These uses of time help form us as Christians and deepen our faith. They help us to understand what it actually means to operate in this world, to live our lives after the example of Jesus and not just think about it or reflect about it or aspir- uh, aspirate that some days aspire some days that, that we might be like Jesus. These choices can take us there. We also know that this requires practice and anything that requires practice requires time to be dedicated to it so that we can get better. In that Philippians passage, Paul again is trying to make the point that when we live a generous life, it has the most powerful benefit. Not only does it further God's kingdom, which blesses God, which then in turn blesses us, but it shapes us in a positive way. Giving of our time, of our giftedness, of our money, it does bless us. It makes us feel good because we are doing something good that makes God happy. In turn, that makes us feel fulfilled. Something we thought, this is the irony, right? Something that we thought was going to drain us, to add one more thing to the list, to take us away from something that we would rather do, it ends up surprising us and satisfying us and gives us life. Why? Because it connects us with God. And I think Gina expressed that so beautifully in her testimony. Okay, so what? So what? What would it look like then if we did try to live a generous life with our time and we did actually tithe 10% of our week to God? We talk about it in money. Let's talk about it in time. There are 168 hours in a week. So a 10% tithe would equal 16.8 hours a week or two and a half hours a day. 10% of our time equals far more than watching one worship service and eating, even adding on to that, participating in a Sunday school or a community group. 1% is less than two hours per week. 10% equals 17 hours per week. 
And friends, it's up to you to decide what works for you. Just like your financial decision is one that you pray over and you make with God, so is your stewardship of your time. Now, some of us have more time than others to to give. But all of us, for all of us, how can we use the time we have for a greater good and not just to please ourselves? It may not actually even be the time that is the problem, as I was thinking about this, that we actually have the minutes to give. It may be how we use them. It, in other words, it may be our attention and our focus. In this overloaded world that we live in, we realize that while we might have the hours to actually give, it might be our focus and an attention that we're struggling to actually give over to God. Shifting how we use our brain and how we use our hands to, to focus on thinking about God, serving God, being creative, problem solving for some of the things in our life or our world that are broken, things that are far from God. This is how we can give God our focus and our attention. So here's my challenge for you this week. Not only am I asking you to start praying intentionally for what God might be calling you to commit to giving to Boone UMC in 2021, I want you to do an audit of how you spend your time. Look at a typical week, whatever that is. Plot it out. See how much time you spend sleeping and working and tending to the household and playing and how much time you spend dedicated to God in some way. And if you're not at a 10% tithe, then maybe the way to, 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 to go with this is how can you increase 2 to 3% of your week to give back to God? Maybe that looks like more devotion time. Maybe that looks like volunteer hours for your favorite cause. Yesterday, Greg and I volunteered with the Firewood Ministry for the first time. It took three weeks before we could actually get it onto our schedule. But man, what a blessing to be able to to see all that folks have been doing to help keep some of our neighbors warm as the weather gets cold and to be able to deliver firewood to to a family was a blessing. So maybe it's serving in a way that you haven't served. Maybe it looks like taking some of your current choices and giving them more of a spiritual influence. So look at the books that you read or the music you're listening to or your TV and movie choices. Can you make a 2 to 3% increase in a tithe of your time to God? When we shift our attention to God, we will start to live a more generous life, which leads to a deepening relationship with Jesus, which leads to both loving God and loving our neighbor even more deeply. And all of that only makes for a life richer and more meaningful. And only then will we discover that satisfaction doesn't come with binge watching or eating or working or any material thing that we might try and obtain. That life is such a beautiful gift that we've received from God and every second counts. But with this life comes a choice, an opportunity. So how are you spending it right now? And how will you choose to spend it tomorrow? Amen.